0: Do you know a family looking to enrich their children's Jewish learning? Some families cannot send their children to private Jewish day school. Many Jewish parents today homeschool, but still need a solution that offers their children serious Jewish learning. Kita is the online Jewish classroom for families. Built for Jewish families looking for serious Jewish learning at an affordable price with Kita. Middle school-aged children receive three Khan Academy-style lessons each week and also participate in a weekly Zoom lesson. Students in Kita this year are learning Chumash Midbar, Mishnah Sukkah, and Gemara Brachot, and we're soon starting a new course in Navish Shmuel Aleph. Students can join some of the courses, or all of them. Now is a great time to try our Kita. Don't wait for the fall and lose another half-year of critical Torah skills and learning. To learn more about how Kitah can help your children grow and thrive in Jewish learning, visit kitah.org. That's K-I-T-A-H dot O-R-G. Everybody. welcome to RC Weekly, our weekly, or, are we? our weekly podcast about religious Zionism, modern or Orthodox, and everything in between. Hi, my name is Rubain Spalter. I'm here with Rabbi Johnny Solomon. Hello, Rabbi Johnny. Hello, hello. And Molly Bravsky. Hello, Rabbi Molly Bravsky. Hello, how are you? Hi, everybody's here together with us. Baruch Hashem. Um, if you this is the first time you're listening to our podcast, welcome. Normally we tell you our bios. Sometimes I don't feel like opening them. We're Jewish educators doing lots of different things. Um, we'll, we'll tell you next time. Today we thought. Today, <laughs> today we thought we would talk about the ramifications of a post, a Facebook post posted by Leah Sarna, about a phenomenon that's taking place in the modern Orthodox world related to to, to women's to young women's. Torah education. I'll read the beginning of it, and then, of course, we're going to go to Molly to take over and fill us in on what's really happening in the field, and then, of course, she'll tell us her feelings. So, Leah started with the following post. I don't know whether this will ever make the news, but rumor has it that many of the Talmud-heavy yeshiva gap year programs for American women are under-enrolled for fall 2022. She asked it, so rumor has it, I actually asked around. Also, I have independently Confirm this, I continue reading. I asked an Israeli guidance counselor at a large day school what she was seeing on the ground, and what she told me broke my heart. Now, Leah Sarna works for Drisha, right? I think Drisha mm-hmm. she works for? Her? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think so. She said that the girls in her school don't feel the same motivation toward Gemara learning that they used to. That the school isn't quite encouraging in the same way. The parents don't see it as being so essential. Now, she said three different things, which really, those are three important factors to discuss. And then she said, let me tell you something, folks. If she's right, This is really bad news for the Jewish people. When you spend a gap year in yeshiva, you gain the skills needed to be an independent Talmud learner who can make sense of Rishonim on your own. You learn how the Jewish library works, and the knowledge will be there for you, powering your learning for the rest of your life. This is just as important for future Jewish educators, rabbis, as it is for lay people." Now, all of those things can be true. I actually agree with the last sentence uh, emphatically, except for the Talmud learner, meaning Must a young woman, or, and I must say it also, a young man, be proficient in Gemara learning in order to enable them to be independent learners for the rest of their lives? Now, obviously, if your Gemara skills are good, that implies that your other skills are good as well. But we have to go to the Gemara. And she is decrying the idea that girls, you know, girls don't feel the same motivation the same way that they used to. Okay? The schools aren't encouraging in the same way. And parents don't see it as being essential. So, Molly, A, is her phenomenon, is her observation that I have observed, correct? And is are the ramifications that C said? Obviously, she has skin in the game. I mean, you probably—I don't know if you have skin in the game as well. Molly, you know, we didn't do her bio, but she is an educator at uh, at MMY. She's uh, her, you know, other places as well. Lindenbaum as well, correct?
1: In the past, no, not in now. the past, I, oh, I, not I now. I taught okay. at MMY, McDellos, Lindenbaum. I'm an alumni of Drisha. So you know all the stuff, oh, no. okay? Yeah, it's not uh, okay. Like this is a foreign world to me. Is it
0: true yes. that girls don't feel the same motivation towards Gemara that they used to? Is it true that schools aren't quite as encouraging? Is it true that parents don't see it as being so essential? And number four, and most importantly, do you think it's so important?
1: Right. So uh, f- first of all, I want—that's I, I, kind of why I started by saying, like, for sure, this is my world, right? These women, these are my my peers. These women, this whole—you um, know. Um, Let's say, listen, I went to Lindenbaum in the 90s, right? So um, I've definitely observed and I'm peers with, with the, let's say, the first wave, maybe the second, because there were also women before us, but that early waves of serious Talmud Torah for women. And I don't just mean Talmud Torah, because let's broaden it to, to Gemara. For women. So this is definitely, if you said do I have skin in the game? I have skin in the game. I'm passionate about this. I believe in it. I think it's important. Um, I, I'm, I'm on Leo Sarnas team big adult, in terms of this issue. Um, I think that the things that she says are very correct. Um, I believe that women as well as men you, you, a, a certain working fundamental ability to read and learn Gemara and to have a knowledge of Gemara is is, is basically like um the key to you know to to being a I'd say a serious balabas what's the female of our balabusta even right <laughs> I think I think it's 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 crucial and it's vital to be to be like like it's it's part of what it means to to in in many ways to be a serious uh, learner and even I would say Evid Hashem all of that being said I think that it's there's a Wait for much, women, it
0: was not. For actually, it, it, for right. men, it was it, not. It, for the most of it was
1: not. Right? For the men, it was not. Was Excuse me. For not, men, that was that pro- it was not. Correct. But what is until, i mean meaning until
0: you could say until twenty years ago, maybe most religious Jews did not have any background in learning at all. Correct.
1: Which is what. But think about like how many times that became an issue. Right? That was the whole Misnagdic Hasidic. Hasidic controversy right like can you be a, no
0: no i don't think that was a misnagd controversy most misnagdive didn't go to yeshiva they didn't study okay, for a serious amount they that, 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 okay fine
1: yeah. i am I'm, I'm just fine we, no, we, yeah. you understand but what i'm saying I, mean, is, I really I, mean I, it I totally boys didn't saying, learn and, I
0: will, and girls didn't learn either
1: i know and i'm saying I, I don't disagree with that and i think that's a that's an important piece here also right but but before we get to that that's like a broader point I think the narrow point that she's making, which is that learning Torah and specifically learning Torah Pei, Gemara, Talmud, is a window into a certain. It, it it joins you to a certain mesorah and to a certain seriousness about um, about what it means to be um, a a observant Jew. Or I, I cannot find you the right phrase for this, right? But like Rev Lichtenstein, the, the way he cook, he said, like, what what is a Jew? He's a mitzvah right? He's a commanded person. How do you know how to, what it is that you're commanded? You learn Gemara. That was like Reb Lichtenstein's like Tfisa. Not everybody has to have that Tfisa, right? But there's a lot of strength to that Tfisa, right? And again, when, when, when women started learning Gemara, that was the argument, was like give us the ability to become part of this cohort of people who are connecting to God through spirituality and to their spirituality, excuse me, through um, learning Gemara, which is was for, for, which is, it's, it, it's, there, it in many ways you can argue that it's the heart of, of, um, of, one second, let me, oh yeah, I'll just give me one more second to finish just to just run out this idea. You can, you can argue that it's the heart of like Jewish continuity. Rav Amital said the same thing. Rav Amital said any shul that had a yomi shear that yomi shear could go on for 20 years, right? They could the, the Parcha shir and the, and the, you know, Maharal shear and the, they would come and they would go. The yomi shear would always stay. There's something about the 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 Torah Shabbat that is the heart of religious observance, and and that has that is that is undeniably powerful and important, and that women should be part of. Now I I'm not I don't want to monopolize, so I'm going to give this to Johnny, but I want to just round out my point, which is, I think though that the conversation needs to be. Very much broadened, right? Meaning this phenomenon that, like, so, so there was this giant push to get women to be doing this, right? And and all programs mm-hmm. incorporated Gemara, and you had programs that did full time Gemara and five days Gemara, and there's there's a drop in that. I, I there's definitely truth to it with the fact that I think that that the schools that tr- emphasize that I think are less enrolled than school in- enrolled. Although I don't want to speak about enrollment, that's a you know a political issue. Leave that to the heads of the Show. But for sure, she's pointing to a correct phenomenon. She's talking. About about high schools and what I want to say is those phenomenon are more complex than just the Gemara issue there's a lot to talk about here there's the Gemara issue which you're pointing to Ruby and you're already starting to say things like um, well what if somebody doesn't want Gemara to be the heart of their curriculum, what if they want to go to a program that also has Gemara but emphasizes other things that they find more important like let's say other areas in Jewish studies, they want to learn more Tanakh they want to learn more Hashava, they want to learn more Halacha so is that a a, a, a terrible failure question mark question number two what if there are people who want to go to programs that have a less of an intellectual bent they want something that's more spiritual they want more not votes, right they want more you know like community giving well they clearly they want do
0: want, some, want that because that's the program those are the programs they currently are going sub, to yes and flocking more. to
1: is that the is that is that a bad thing or is that the reason question mark they want more spirituality let's say there's something else going on which and i will say this carefully but i think this is this is true and, I'm, and i don't know if this is the topic of a conversation for today but i also think that um you're, what you're having happen within the modern orthodox world as always is centers you know wherever you want to define the center are hard to hold so you'll have let's say programs that are a little bit center right and you'll have programs that are center left right and it's, and I, I think that the trend is the, the center-right programs are exploding. That there are programs, people who are center-left, there are new programs opening up for them. So programs that were classically your center, middle, Gemara-heavy programs, their students are kind of oozing to the right and to the to the left. That's a different phenomenon. That's not necessarily about Gemara. That's a larger sociological phenomenon about. What's happening to modern orthodoxy, right? So what I'm saying is there are so many different pieces of this issue to unpack that it's not—it's not. But you consider
0: Drisha Center, just I mean, center center.
1: Um, I'm not gonna. You would know better
0: than me. I don't know.
1: I'm not gonna put anybody on the map anywhere, right? But 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 if she's of course I am center
0: center. Everybody else is either. But I'm saying
1: her argument (laughs) is that like. The program, let's just put it this way, the Israel programs that highlight and that sell as part of their programming, Gemara is at the heart of our programming. And there are, let's say, three or let's say like that. Now four,
0: maybe. Okay.
1: Those programs are not the ones that are bursting at the seams. They're doing fine, and I'm not criticizing them, but they're not bursting at the seams the way programs that are that are either saying, we have Gemara, but we also do a lot of other things. And we, we again, our, our clientele is also moved to the right. Um, I don't know really what's going on on the left side of the spectrum as well, because it's less my world, right? But I forgot the point of your question. But so, so I'm saying, I don't know where the center is. I'm just saying that I think that there are a lot of um, explanations and sociological phenomenon and they're each an interesting and important question right and i do have opinions about them um you know again I, gemara was was something that i i dedicated a lot of time to but as you both know um even when this even when gpats opened, and i'll end with this right but i just want to end with this point even when gpats opened, and i was at the first meeting before gpats opens um and i raised my hand and said can we can we do this for like Machshava, because like I want to learn Machshava Israel, right? And they were like, no, 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 like the hot thing is Gemara. Like, no, we're not, we're not, we're not opening a Machshava track, right? So for me, it's like, I, I, believe it's important, and because it was always closed, it's important. But like, I also have a lot of empathy and sympathy for. It's not the only thing we should be learning. It's not the only thing we should be pushing. And if people are interested in a broader curriculum, that, that's not necessarily a tragedy. Where I do agree with Leah Sarna is her bottom line, which is parents need to, mo- need to is too strong. The more parents model the importance of education and whatever they think should be the heart of religious seriousness, that's what the kids are going to um, kind of imbibe. And that, I think, is a really good point.
0: Okay, before we turn to Johnny, I, just wanted, I wanted to respond to something you said about Rob Lichtenstein. So I was in Gris, Colel, uh, when um, Rabbi Aaron used to give shir in uh, in Gris, Colel. And I remember that it was like... Um, um, he would open the shir to women he believed that women should be open, to, the, open mm-hmm. to learning and I remember it was an issue because there was a mechiza or there yes, was a yeah, the I women was the my friends, you
1: know, so I you wasn't the biggest
0: me, proponent that. of it at the time if I recall correctly um, you um, and I remember speaking to him about it I, I don't know I think I would push back uh, I'm sh- I know for a fact Aaron was supportive of women who wanted to learn but to say that he was an advocate that a, a woman needed to learn Gemara in order to be a serious student of Torah—that wasn't the impression that I got from him. Even though I certainly wasn't his Talmud at all, so I—I I think that was, that was a statement that might have been a little no. I—I I just love him
1: because for him, the idea—I was just trying to support the idea that you can make a very strong argument that, um, like, the heart of 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 um, like. Talmud Torah is, is, Gemara. is Gemara, correct? But and I don't know. Then you have to and I agree with you. Then you have to What, say what that. does that mean for women? And I agree. With you. If you read Reverend's piece about women, it's not like he's like, "Oh my goodness, we must." He's like, he's like, "Yeah, I teach my girls Gemara. Yeah, I do." Right. But it's not <laughs> exactly. like there isn't the sense that like you know he felt that like every woman has to be one model and that's the right way. And I agree with
0: that. Right. That's what I was. That's what I was. That's what I was saying. Okay, let's turn to Johnny. Johnny, you are clearly, I mean, I would a proponent of women's learning. Um, what do you think of Lanna Sarno's piece? Do you, you know, do you think that she's right? Do you think that women need to learn Gemara seriously? And is this a distressing phenomenon? Or you're okay with it. Let them learn what they want. And if they don't want serious Gemara learning, then fine.
2: Firstly, I haven't seen the data that she quotes, but based on the research that both of you have uh, reflected and uh, other feelers I've sent out, yes, there does seem to be this trend which has been, uh, certainly began before COVID, and that's an important point to make, meaning this isn't just merely a casualty of COVID, although certainly the very fact that people over the past couple of years have had a different experience and have come back with a different experience probably has impacted the overall feeling of what it means to go to Israel. That's point number one. Point number two is I'm fortunate to teach a Midrash at Lindenbaum, and for those who've not been to institutions like that, and I think Uh, Lindenbaum, it's certainly one of those three or four that we're referring to. Observing and listening to young women who have spent many years studying Gemara and have achieved a great measure of proficiency is a remarkable thing. It is an inspirational thing. And uh, it's something which uh, only a couple of decades ago would be beyond the imagination of many. And it's the norm there and uh, as i say actually sometimes i would i think i've said even before on this on this podcast that when you listen to the kind of chavrusas that students there have uh, you know i think that they are qualitatively better than some of the kind of chavrusas i've ever heard in, in meli Shibot. however i also want to mention something which uh, perhaps uh, mali was touching on because let's come up with two different institutions i'm not going to mention any names let's say institution a is a gemara heavy Uh, midrasha okay where uh, between 60 to 70 percent of the time is is circled around or focused on Gemara and let's say institution B is a midrasha which we may well say is not Gemara heavy so how were things about 20 years ago well a, a number of these midrashot either had started a few years beforehand or really started to kind of make a significant impact in the Jewish community but in terms of uh, Category A. So what did Category B do? Category B at that point didn't teach Gemara to women. And so what have they done in the ensuing 10, 20 years? They've started. Now they've kind of given a, a limit. They said, we're, we're not a Gemara-heavy institution, but we're going to have a gemara she And we're going to spend between maybe 20 uh, to 30% on that because we believe there's a minimum amount of proficiency and, and literacy in gemara that all Jews need, given what is now accessible. So, as a result, the question is: If I'm a, a ninth Johnny, is this a required
0: person, class or an optional
2: class? Uh, I, I teach in a number of places. I'm, I'm asking, yeah. In some. It depends on the place, but the fact is that what previously didn't exist now exists because of the influence of of women
1: learning Gemara is higher, even, I think, as
2: an an option. I just want to understand, you know, but that's that's because of the influence of category A uh, Mm -hmm. Midrash Now, if you're a woman and you want to learn Gemara, but you also want to have a rounded education, as should everybody, I'm not making any comments specifically about women's education. I think everybody should have a a rounded uh, Torah education. The question really is, what is enough? Now that's a question which applies in Yeshivat and Midrashot and some would argue, and I'm not making a case one way or another, obviously it's a matter of choice, some would argue that if I go to a place where it's 20 to 30 percent it's enough to give me literacy, it's enough to give me familiarity. I may not be somebody who gives a Shia and Gemara in my community, but that's okay. I need to be able to know that when somebody is giving the Shia, I can follow, I can participate, I can engage. And I would argue that many of the graduates of Category A, they're also not giving a Shia and Gemara. They're going to Shirim and listening and participating and perhaps can hold their own a little bit better in terms of familiarity with Rishonim, but nevertheless, they're sitting one next to the other. So Category A seminary, midrasha has influenced Category B massively. And one would argue that, uh, uh, you know, somebody who says, I want to learn Gemara, but I also want to learn other things, says, maybe I don't need to give up, uh, you know, 60 to 70 percent of my time on one thing in order to get to that level. It's enough for me uh, to do that for 20, 30 percent. Now, overall, one may make the argument that that's good for the Jews and that's good for... For Torah learning, good for women's Torah learning, some could take the view that that's not great in terms of uh, generating the, you know, the ultimate Torah scholar who is a lamdan in, in Gemara. But that brings up wider question overall in Midrashot and Yeshivot as to why do we go to Israel? Why do we go to Yeshivan seminary? Is it for proficiency or is it for connectivity? if it's for proficiency in what areas if it's just gemara then to spend most of your time you don't go to israel for
0: proficiency proficiency. you go to seminary for proficiency why do you go to seminary in israel is another question entirely as well right
2: that's obviously there's a multi-layered question i I would say one further thing i know you want to say something which is i think there was also a belief uh, and this again this actually applies differently to men and women but it applies in each unique way to men and women there was a belief that if you get to a certain tipping point in Gemara learning, you become uh, capable in other learning too. Uh, you ever, in fact, Ruby, you mentioned this actually at the beginning of the podcast. You said, if your Gemara skills are good, we presume you're good at other things. I think that's simply not true. I don't think that because you can learn Gemara, you understand halacha almost at all. Uh, I think it's a different discipline. Yeah, but you can at least read the sources. You can at least, if can you can, you can read a piece of Gemara. But you know, this whole
1: issue about how boys, do they know their Tanakh? You know what I'm saying? They they know their they know their 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 from the Gemara. That is that the same. No, that? we're tanakh? not. No, we're not
0: talking about that. I'm talking about. No, being the point is, that familiar familiar? is in. that mean you're not learning
1: Tanakh just because it, you know how to learn? If you, you never
0: not? learned Gemara, if you never picked up a piece of Gemara, then the Mishnah Brewery is far into you. Bank I, your I safe agree is far with into that. Mean, well, that, that that's true. true.
2: But that doesn't make yeah, you yeah. a halachis. Right. And uh, I don't say really makes you a halachis. It makes you comfortable and familiar in the Yam Shel Halacha. Here, but here's the interesting question: When you go to let's take an an an, an, an average, I'm not going to give any name, an average modern Orthodox shul, what carries greater currency that I can understand the Ritva, or I can give a shir on a halachic matter? And the reality is, most people aren't neither
0: that you can give enough. that you can give the Shabbat Rasha and say something interesting about the
2: parsha. But say this: Then you've just told me precisely the fact that once you get good enough, right, in a range of things. It doesn't really matter overall in terms of its utility. It may matter massively to the individual. And somebody wants to learn more, you say go there. But uh, yeah, I think these obviously are very much relevant to the whole conversation. Okay, thank you, Johnny. I, I sort of want to wanna broaden the issue and focus
0: on what Leah wrote about schools pushing back. Because I think there's a whole larger issue that's at play here. Why is advanced Gemara so important to women's institutions? And why was it pushed so much? And, like, why is it so important to men's institutions? And I sort of raised this at the beginning, you know, we're sort of following, the reason why we teach our boys Gemara is because we're following the yeshiva system. And the yeshiva system is not built, and this is something that I think needs to be thought about very, very deeply. Some brave people hopefully will think about it. Yeshiva systems are not built for the Hamunam. They're not built for the average student. They're built specifically to create Gedolim Batorah. They're built to create scholars, advanced scholars, and rabbis. And that's You know, so we're kind of living in a Frankenstein world where we modeled all of our schools after the original yeshivot, which were not intended to be for the Hamonah. They were intended to be for, to create scholars who would be rabbinic leaders in their communities. But instead we adopted that same model and we said, okay, now we're going to, all children, all boys have to learn Gemara. Right? Whether and we never asked ourselves. Wait one second. Is logical thinking and uh, you know fluency in Aramaic and the ability to create an argument, etc., is that like like Johnny just said, a skill necessary or even something that contributes to the creation of a of a of a good Jew? Like every few years, you'll see a and some symposium about how come nobody's learning Gemara anymore. Without asking the question, well, is it a good thing that they should be learning Gemara or not? Is that is that something we should be focusing on? Put that aside. Now along came the women's seminaries and, and with the idea of creating. I believe the idea ultimately of creating female Judaic leaders, women who are knowledgeable enough to become leaders in their communities. And it's not enough that you are able to learn Dafyomi. It's not about that. It's not enough that you can be able to learn uh, bura. That person needs to be able to teach the Dafyomi. And that person needs, because that, that in, in the minds of many, and I'm not, gonna, I'm not deciding whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, But women need to be, we need to create women, female religious leaders, whether they're called rabbi or not called rabbi. And in order to do that, you need to have a critical mass of girls who are learning seriously, because out of that will come the Ichidotz Gula, who will then become the religious leaders in the community. And you can see it in the way these seminaries are built. I mean, I will tell you, my daughter is studying at one of them and it's clearly modeled after yeshiva the schedule is modeled after yeshiva the the learning is modeled after yeshiva the intensity is modeled after yeshiva even though interestingly the seminary knows that the vast majority of girls are only going to be there one year and in the best of circumstances there no one's staying past two years now they're building a kolel for for wives you know in in Lindeman and the Mali was in they just announced they renamed and rebranded their women's learn you know their women's leadership institute you can see that these these seminaries are modeled after vote with the with the same goals. I would say, and, and I'm not again. I'm really not making a value judgment about whether I agree or disagree with those goals. But those are clearly the goals, and especially the goals of the people who are funding them. And in order to have candidates, you need to have you have a funnel because the funnel leads itself down. You know what I'm saying? You can't have anybody in Kolel if nobody learned enough gemara to get into the Kolel. You just it doesn't it doesn't work that way. Now, why are schools in in America, the way Leah Sarna wrote it, why are they less encouraging of, what, of, of, of this than they were before? Well, I think that it definitely reflects my understanding of American religious society. American religious society, and especially the school leadership in, the, in, in many of the schools, the modern Orthodox schools, are not necessarily 100% behind the idea of creating these women leaders, especially in America, where the idea of a woman rabbi or female leadership is so politically fraught. So, understanding the agenda of these schools and understanding what these schools want to create, you know, and then looking at, let's say, a Lindenbaum that produced a Shira Mervis who we interviewed on this podcast and is just an unbelievable person, you know, like just a diamond. She's a one, like it was a privilege to speak to her. The Rabbis or shuls or educators in America are saying, I don't want a Shira Mervis to come back here and become a female rabbi and, and blow up our community. The OU has said it, the RCA has said it, I can tell you from the rabbinic side, there's great. Uh, lack of encouragement to say the least about this phenomenon. So, on the one hand, you're trying to thread a needle and say, We want our girls, like you said, to learn and be familiar, but we're not 100% sure that we want them to learn so much that they're going to become the rabbis of the community. And I think that we're seeing this pushback subtly and pushing the girls to say, If you want to learn Gemara, go to the center right place where they're going to give you a look, you know, an understanding. But at the same time, I don't think, yeah, you really, you really want to go to the Lindenbaum or the Drisha or the Nishmat gonna learn all day i mean really is that what you really need and the girl hears that and is like yeah you're probably right
1: unless she's really hardcore and wants to do it molly what do you think okay so i think there's a lot of truth in what you're saying but i don't necessarily agree with everything that you're saying i think you're really pointing to a very correct phenomenon which i think as you said like bichlal our community is grappling with how should we model our yeshivot and once we were the more talmud Torah becomes the um purview of all, the more complex it becomes how you create institutions that that are gonna meet the needs of all when you have a broader, range boys as well as girls right when when you know the, with the percentage of the population that went to went to yeshiva was was the minority you're right then you had the, the velajin model right and now all of a sudden the question is should we have one velajin and most of the rest should be like other things or should everybody be velajin right i think most people have already realized we can't all be velajin let there be like you know three four velajins by the, the hariti institutions i mean i don't want to Overstep my knowledge. My impression is they're never—they're not giving up on that, right? But in the the Tzilumi world, I think there's an awareness, like, okay, so let there be a couple places for, for that, and then we have to figure out how to create I, curriculum. I actually
0: strongly disagree with that. The Hesder yeshiva system is still strongly modeled after the classical Gemara. They're not willing to change. They're not willing know, to acknowledge fundamental changes in their own community. No,
1: I don't think that's 100% fair, right? You could you ask the boys. You have the Mishul Hashem Aruba, and then you have the the all the rest of them. Do you know what Another I'm saying? Debate. Like you have the different debate. It's a different debate, but the point is that it's a very alive conversation in Israeli society. And, and we're only talking about the Hezder Yeshiva. What about all the Bechino? What, right? It's a very alive debate about you know how to do this. And I think it's true also of the seminaries. You know, When we went to Yeshiva 20 years ago, how many options did we have? And now there are so many because it was not the norm necessarily that every kid went to Israel for the year. And now every kid is going to Israel for the year. And so your question about what's the goal for that kid is a great question. And I think that that, that they that we they are trying to thread a, me- a needle or balance two competing goals, which is are we try again are we trying to create the future leaders of the Jewish community, or are, are we trying to like create a baseline of again balabati male and female that are going to ensure the community of uh, the continuity of our community, and I think they're trying to do both, and you're you're right that that becomes a very like. How do you do that? Like you end up, do, do you like spread that across institutions? You have different institutions with different types of students or different institutions with different emphases within an institution. Do you have different tracks or different types of classes? These are exactly the kinds of questions that institutions have to ask themselves and have to grapple with. And I think you're very right that when it comes to women's education, I think there is a very, very he- he- heavy emphasis in a lot of places on we must create those future leaders right? Um, and the Gemara. And 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 I do think perhaps there's less talk of, um, what about the ones that aren't the future leaders? What do we want to give them? I think that's, I think I, I, I like framing it that way. Like, and, and I don't want to give up on the future leaders. I also want to create the future leaders. But I, I think if we only talk about the future leaders and then say, well, because our programs aren't full, that's like a giant failure. I think that's, too much focusing just on the future leaders when I think the conversation should be brought in the way that you broadened it and I think it's really important the one thing I will say is
0: where wasn't I right everything you agreed with everything I'm, I'm right this now. where
1: I disagree with you <laughs> is I don't I'm not sure there's this Machiavellian you know like pushback among American Jewry that like oh no, it's not goodness. Machiavellian
0: I talked about I talked about the leader, leadership in the schools per se
1: yeah so and I, this
0: I'm, is something I've heard actually from okay, friends of so, mine so, so you, I'm not making it up. I, mean,
1: I don't think I'm so making it up. So I'm saying I see it much in a much more broad kind of way where as I said before where like I think people are like either like you know I'm modern orthodox but like I don't love everything about your typical modern orthodoxy and their commitment to Allah so I want to move a little bit to the right. Or it's like I, I, I so believe in the, ortho, in the in the values of modern orthodoxy I want to go even farther to again to use these labels to the left right why am I stopping and in this middle place I'm gonna go even farther I think that that it's less about I don't want, my, I, I don't want to send my girls to a place that's gonna you know make her into a um, somebody who's whatever the equivalent is of a rabbi it's more like you know what do we think is best for our girls? I I, I don't see it. Maybe I'm like 100. percent.
0: I don't think it's machiavellian, but, I, I think, but I subtle. Think it's, it's, it's
1: it's there are other very subtle trends, and, and again, I see it more as like the world in general is always becoming polarized, and I just see a shift to the right and a shift to the left, and um, that leaves a smaller base for the very very specific niche that we're talking about here. It doesn't mean that it doesn't exist, and it doesn't also doesn't mean that people who are going center right it can't come out of that world they can come out of that world as well um, I'm just saying like that, that's the place where I sort of would frame it differently than you framed it
2: Johnny yeah. I, I want to briefly talk about follow-up because Wait, know, you, I went. can we break for bread. ad
0: before you talk about follow-up Can we take a short break
2: sure let's let's follow up after the follow-up
0: after this we'll, we'll take a short break to promote Johnny's uh, businesses and uh, <laughs> you can hire him as a virtual rabbi and we'll stay st- we'll come back right after that stay with us
2: Shalom, this is Rav Johnny Solomon, and I would like to tell you about the services that I provide to men and women around the world. Firstly, if you have a sheila, a halachic query, or a halachic topic you would like to learn more about as it applies to your life, and you feel that you don't have a Rav with whom you can discuss this question, I offer online halachic consultations. Secondly, if you have some theological or spiritual query, or if you're in need of some chizuk, I provide spiritual coaching. And lastly, if you'd like to learn about a particular Torah topic, I offer one-to-one learning. For each of these services, you can book an appointment for a small fee at my website, rabbijonnisolomon.com, which seamlessly, with the magic of Calendly, then appears in my online calendar. And within a few minutes, you'll receive a message with a Zoom link. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to talking with you. Okay, Johnny, you wanted to follow up, please do. Yeah, so, you know, when I went to yeshiva and I came back to the UK, kind of part of maintaining my learning was maintaining my learning. I was at a bit midrash pretty much every night and I had chavrusas. Some I was learning with people, you know, my age and stage. Some I was teaching people, some I was learning from people. But the key point is that I went to yeshiva and then I had to maintain a certain measure of rigor of close to that standard, maybe not quite the same, to hold my own because uh, otherwise you you drop things. Now, the question is do we see that in terms of women's learning after Midrashah? So now, and I want to draw a kind of perhaps a very simplistic distinction. You know, what's the difference between those three, four kind of Gomorrah heavy, you know, places and other places? Ultimately, most young women who are going to Midrashah are learning texts sections of gemara in the shirim they attend what's the difference the difference is truth be told those places uh the students have their gemara they have their the vilna gemara whatever you know publication they have they're holding the book they haven't just got somebody who has given you a copy and paste few lines relevant to a particular topic or shiur so and i i can't really speak about the states you know i know it from afar but how many institutions how many communities have batay midrashot where it is not a frequent uh thing to see of young women or not so young women holding gemaras and learning and I- i'm guessing and this is only me guessing and i'm very very happy to be told otherwise very very few meaning people go and they learn and they're shiurim and their chaburas and that's beautiful and that should be applauded but that level of holding there shall we say perhaps isn't so evident and absent of that follow-up people drop you know, people themselves the students kind of Yeah but Johnny, me, how many I how many religious Zionist
0: students... communities ha, like have have strong bate midrash? I mean really like in Haredi communities they
2: have them. Yabin Yamin, there is no strong bait midrash at night. It's it's correct, it's... but what does what a guy so what do, I know nobody wants to say so what does a guy do if they if there isn't a religious Zionist bate They go to the regular base madrash because they kinda of say I I have that luxury of still being able to go through that door even if I don't quite agree with what's being said there. If you're a young woman you don't always have that luxury. So so I think not to keep a Ma I know you want to say something what are your thoughts
1: okay because again this is this is this the question that Leia Sarna is asking about high schools and gap year everybody's also asking it and has it's always been classically been asked exactly what Johnny said which is well but the, the men all have like the yeshivot. They go on to shirvav, and then there's kolels, and then you know that you, you can become an avreich, and you can. Be, like, where is the where is the like future education for these women after the gap year? Oh, by the like, way, Mali that was the answer to getting,
0: your that was the answer to your Pets.
1: They weren't interested
0: in creating one second. machshev and where you could enjoy it. That wasn't what it was about. It was about creating female so, right. rabbinic leaders. So What
1: I'm saying is right. So the taina that like oi, nebuch, there aren't places for women to learn serious torah shabbat pet after right that was like a big like you know argument you know on, on the agenda we must create institutions for for the older women for the women to continue because the men all have vote. you know if you give women they have a year or two and, and as johnny says where are they going to go afterwards but the truth is that that so much money has been poured into those types of programs and there are a lot of programs right now both in the states and in america that actually are built for that in multiple institutions that are for Older older women, or or even you know, women in their twenties or in their thirties, um, that are built to, so as yes to provide for for to create w- educated women to continue learning. Right? Then you ask, well, is the enrollment big enough? Why isn't the enrollment big enough? Right? That, then you have all sorts of questions like that. But I just want to point out that that phenomenon of being sensitive to like we have to create programs. So the continuity that Johnny's talking about is very much on people's minds. They're trying to build that, those programs, right, they, whether it's in McDonald's or it's in Lindenbaum, or it's in the program, but you have a million and a one, or a GPACs. All competing,
0: or, all competing. Exactly, but why are they all competing a, for this? For why are there smaller, only six women? All competing for a very, and very tiny very right. tiny candidate and pool, then,
1: right? But then the question becomes, why are there so few candidates? And then you become involved in very thorny questions, like is it the is it because we haven't created institutions that are strong enough? Is it because the time hasn't happened? Is it because I'm here? You know getting ready everybody can throw their virtual tomatoes at me is it because the women of the rhythm of women's life is a little bit different and maybe women don't want to devote that kind of time maybe they have other obligations maybe they're having young children and maybe that does affect how or maybe they're not maybe they're single so i'm not judging anything right i'm not saying i'm just saying maybe women need a different no, really because i'm so I mean, you like I'm it with it
0: up like one,
1: <laughs> one foot out of place and i'm <laughs> you know how dare you but, but I'm always the, propon- the, the, the propon- proponent of, I think we need to be realistic and honest and, and not just decide, let's look, as you said before, Ruby, what we want the end to look like. And then we're going to you know create a system that's going to get us to that end and then be shocked when it doesn't work out. I think we should be speaking to the actual women. Figuring out what their actual needs are, figuring out what their actual wants are, and letting it be that maybe that's really I hadn't even thought of this before we had this conversation, but maybe that's what it comes back to for me because this is what I feel like very strongly in my own life. Can it be women-led? Can we ask the women instead of talking about the women, instead of like deciding what we want for the women, instead of what we deciding what with, 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 when we're going to be successful? How about if we if we like empower the women to um, we give them the opportunities. And then we create the programs based on their needs, wants, desires. Right, Molly,
0: without
1: I, force feeding them with those I, needs, wants, and desires. I would say be. it
0: even, Molly, I would say you have to step back, even zoom out for a second. It's even more than that. The reason uh, these programs are created is because in the society in which we live, the model of a religious leader is someone who has smicha, who learned learned Gemara, learned Yaradeya, and then that person is all of a sudden able to be a teacher, be a therapist, be a rabbinic leader, be a spiritual leader. And nobody stepped back and said, what's the connection between whether you know Hilchah and the fact that you could give therapy? Yes. A- answer, zero. What's the connection between that and the fact that you can do hospice way. care? Answer, zero. Can we? Are we as a community able to step back and say, whoa, one second, maybe if a woman, theory, you know, like, let's say Dr. Erica Brown, I don't know what she did. I don't think she learned Gemara, but, but maybe we need to say, no, much. I reject this. I'm going to say it in a way that I disagree, with: male-dominated model of what a religious leader is. And we need to create religious leadership that isn't based upon on men's learning. So I want and to, tell to tell say we accept that as well. That. And they don't have to learn Gemara to be a religious leader. Does that that's make the
1: sense? The yes. So, what I'm saying, so this I've heard, this is a sec- secondhand story that I just heard. Mahat- Can you believe Tan-ka-Mata. I
0: said that? I was like out of my mouth. It's like yeah. crazy. I don't know.
1: <laughs> um, Matan Kahana just visited Big Delos. Um, He's been making the rounds. He was yes. at he uh, was
0: at my wife's, he uh, oh, He's
1: making the rounds, and, and he was he was profoundly moved by his experience at Big He had a very, very positive experience. He saw uh, there was a Siyam, a Dafiyomi Siyam. Uh, I think it was Katan perhaps. Is that possible? Um, that he just went to, whatever.
2: Yeah, it was. I mean, it's no, beautiful. I se- on Seder whatever Daphne. it was, right. Yeah.
1: So he yeah. was really moved, and I think he he brought up your point, Ruby, which is like, you know, what do you need as women? And one of the issues that came up was like, well, men get smicha, and then they can be propelled to certain jobs and a certain salary. How do we create that parallel for women? And I wasn't there in that conversation in that room, but I would agree with you. I think. There has to be a very I think open it's, conversation about that. I would just tell you my personal background. To the parallel to a men's institution or I, I'll,
0: I'll tell you my say, personal like, background. My mother versions? was a religious my mother was a teacher, a Judaic Studies teacher for 30 years in the Yeshiva of Greater Washington. Every male rabbi who got spit out by some smicha program and gave him a rabu manig, all of a sudden, even legally, sure. he was allowed to have parsonage. Whereas my mother was teaching Nach and Chumish and Yiddish. She's a religious figure just as much as anybody else. But no, you're not a rabbi. She's Mrs. Spalter. It's it's like there's no. We always Correct. struggle with this.
1: But th- so I agree with you that we that I. And so the
0: answer we... that these places have created
1: is okay. We'll create rabba. We'll create something right. else instead of saying, saying no. We got to change the model. And I'm saying let's make room for also for rabbas because there are women who want the rabba. They want the parallel to the male, um, you know, smicha model, and let that let that be available to them also. But I agree with you. Also, that, like, maybe we should broaden the whole picture and figure out what does it mean to be a Jewish leader? And, and, and including Johnny's question of, should it include a certain degree of, of, um, of fluency in Torah Shabbat? Maybe it should, and that should be part of it. But but, but it doesn't have to be copy-paste.
0: Johnny, wrap us up with your eloquence.
2: I, I'm not so eloquent no pressure. but certainly this is close to home. As Just for you to know, as, you know, oftentimes... Um, There's a relationship in terms of trends between America and Israel. Sometimes America influences Israel, other times the other way around. And England is like often Mm -hmm. 10, 15 years behind the scenes. So in a a few weeks' time, actually, a number of senior representatives of, shall we call it, the community are coming to israel and one of them invited me to participate in a schmooze a, a consultation about this topic meaning how do we figure things out why is england different because it has a much more centralized body so they can rather than it being an institutional question it's almost, it's a communal question and uh and to my mind I definitely follow-up and opportunities is crucially important and th- that's the key thing opportunities and i'd say one final thing and i've written about this plenty of times and i endeavor to do it wherever possible we talk a lot about valuing uh, women's Torah scholarship. I say, if you value it, quote it. The reality is, there is a growing number of great women's Torah scholars. And yet, st- kind of statistically st- speaking, most articles, most Shirim, aren't quoting those scholars. And that can be deflating, okay? Because you can work for many, many years, come up with some brilliant ideas, write fantastic books and essays, but if your work is being overlooked, that's seen by the younger generation so one kind of Hamlatzah we often end with Hamlatzah my Hamlatzah is and I say if this is something I really stress and, and encourage others to do if you value women's Torah learning quote women Torah scholars that itself will demonstrate how much you give Hashivut to the output Uh, and and wrestle with it disagree with it by the way as well i'm meaning don't be overly flattery if you disagree tell tell this author why but take that torah seriously and that's how we bring things more into the center of the conversation
0: okay well i think we'll wrap it up here there's obviously so much more to say i know many people have responses are going to want to throw uh, virtual tomatoes at molly so you know how to do that on our facebook page we are going to end. I would like to end with a Hamlatzah as well. I had a Hamlatzah, but you guys made me feel bad about it, so I'm not going to say it. If you want to know what it is, I'll tell you later. But there's another Hamlatza <laughs> that I do want to share uh, with Johnny. I'm sure you've seen. There's a series of articles being written by an author in McCorby Show named, I'm going to say his name wrong because it's hard to say, Shlomo Piotrkovsky. And he's. Uh, did you see Johnny uh, uh, in the Musaf Shabbat? He's, the, is, he's writing a series of articles... I've- I know he's written a number of interesting articles. About the over, history yes. of religious Zionism, which is mm-hmm. like, if, if you're into these things, and I am into these things, blow your mind unbelievable like articles about things that I never knew. And w- the one thing I want to sh- talk about is, he wrote about a figure named Shmuel Chaim Landoy, who was, who was called Shachal. I never heard of this person before. Shmuel Chaim Landoy was the spiritual um, figurehead of the Poalea Mizrachi. Not the Mizrahi, but the Poalea Mizrachi. In 1923, you might not have known this, but Poalei Mizrahi split because go figure. They couldn't figure out whether they wanted to be part of the Histad Rut or wanted to have their own separate, wanted to have their own separate stream. Exactly like it is today. We just have this dual identity. We don't know what we're supposed to do. And they created two sub-parties. And they called this guy Shachal, who was living in Poland he was a musmach, a gaon, but not, live, not not a rabbi. You just have to see the picture of him. He looks like unbelievable. And, uh, and they asked him to come to Israel in order to bring unity through his, the power of his personality to reunify the party, which he did. He reunified them, just so we know. Most people didn't. I didn't realize this. The Mizrahi was primarily pole Mizrahi. Pole Mizrahi got eight seats in the Knesset. The regular Mizrahi got two seats. And when they merged, it was Poale Mizrahi that swallowed Mizrahi and not the other way around. And this guy, tragically, this guy, Shmuel Chaim Landau, Shachal, a couple of years after he made Aliyah, he had some kind of operation. And he died, tragically, at the age of 36. I was like, unbelievable. It's sad. If you're into religious Zionist history, I, I know I'm a little crazy about it. It's really, really worthwhile to see these articles. They're in Hebrew. Uh, I would be shocked if Rabbi Parents, my good friend, doesn't have them translated into English. Johnny, you look like you have something to share. You pulled the book off as we were.
2: Yeah, well, the truth Did is... Did you hear about the guy? We, Had you heard I about
0: him before? This guy, Shachal, Shmuel Chaim Landoi? I,
2: I, I hadn't. I know, I know that uh, Rabbi Peretz is doing great work in trying to bring some of those uh, historical essays, not necessarily from him, but uh, from others into the kind of, in, into greater uh, circulation. But when you mentioned the issue about not knowing certain stories, it reminded me of an essay I just read last week. Um, you know, once in a while you discover a book that you realize, I should have known about this before, and I'm kind of annoyed. And I, I knew of of Wazen and in, in his industriousness through Tzomet, but I didn't have a copy of his book, which is a collection of essays about halakha, right, technology, and society. And uh, I bought it a few weeks ago, although it was printed about eight years ago, and there's an essay in there titled, Hashabab Medinahi Udid Atzmeid. Uh, basically, Shabbat in in an independent state of Israel, and what he does is he d- does a brilliant job of framing the debates between, shall we say, the slightly more left-leaning uh, approaches to how we wrestle with Shabbat in the modern state, uh, state, and the more right-leaning. He begins with his Shayel Leibovitz. Uh, and then he goes to Moshe Tzvilan area and the Rav Gorin. And of course, all these are important voices. But the way he deals with it, I only mention it now because whilst you were speaking, you said it's like the debates of the present were repeated in the past. I was reading this essay saying, gosh, we're seeing this now, not so much about Shabab, about so many other issues that we've discussed here on this podcast. And uh, I thought it was it was very, very interesting, very, very <coughs> well done. So anybody wants to see a robust and... Uh, beautifully laid out discussion about different approaches, ideological approaches and halachic approaches to Shabbat in the modern state of Israel, I recommend Rav Rosen's essay on the topic.
0: Alright, that's a great place to end off here. Mali is going to uh, going to pass on the Hamlatzah this week. Hamlatzah everybody
1: th- go to musim. Right? It's, it's, it's time? Where is it? Should Where? You, to, you guys don't go to... Okay, so this is my Hamlatzah. Gevada musim. It's You've ever heard of Gavada Tormusim? Wow, you guys are clearly not from the uh, good. I've Tell Is that with the flowers, like yes, whatever? around Purim yeah. every year, the Tormusim or the lupines um, flower on this um, hill, and if you go there, usually and especially on a Friday, it's like the parking lot is overflowing. It's like you know, parked on the highway, and people are walking up the hill to see these beautiful flowers. So, my Hamatzaz, if you live in Israel, you have time to go. Don't forget your... your Wait, your did you get snow? Yearly, did you get Purim snow? We had in, uh, snow. Gushchevim? We had snow this morning. It did not stick. But there were flakes coming down.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. So if, if you hear this before Purim, Purim Sameach, and Purim from the RZ RRZ family, your family. If you hear it afterwards, hope you had a Purim Sameach. Um, if, if you uh, if you catch this on your phone, please share it with please share the feed with others. If you happen to get this on the Apple Podcast Store, please share a recommendation so more people will discover us. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week.